0: People-first
1: organizations will win in the future of work. Your only real asset is your people. We We all all want want purpose-driven work. HR-led organization is I'm sorry, but leaders don't need empty desks and empty shop floors. Welcome to the People Strategy Leaders Show. I'm your host, Sri Chalapa, founder and president of Engagedly, and a serial entrepreneur in technology, films, and music. This is where we talk to people leaders, business strategists, and organizational savants, about leading in the time of change what is working what is not working and more importantly what we should be thinking about stick around to the end of the show we will reveal how you can be our next guest and now let's engage hello this is Sri chalapa with people strategy leaders podcast today i have sarah sihan pcc is a consultant and executive coach who works with C-level executive leaders in designing organizations, developing business strategies, managing change, optimizing talent, and leadership development, and solving complex human performance problems. Through executive coaching, Sarah helps leaders sprint their way up the corporate ladder and increasing performance. During Sarah's 25-plus years in business, she's worked with leaders, teams, and organizations in Fortune 100 companies and individuals. Sarah specializes in change management, talent, leadership development, executive coaching, and org design. Welcome to the show, Shara.
0: Thank you so much, Shree. I'm so glad to be here, and I'm so glad to uh, be chatting with you today and reaching out to your listeners.
1: Well, thanks, Sarah, for uh, making time to do it. Um, You know, one thing that I really enjoy uh, talking to people about is and really get into it is is the change management we've been talking a lot about change management over the decades it's not anything new but yet organizations still struggle with it um and i think what has made it even more interesting these days is the whole concept of the future of work where organizations have gone hybrid people have different needs Uh, there's a difference in the way organizations and people now work with each other and look at each other in terms of the power structure, if you will. So can you talk to me a little bit about what does change management really mean now in this future of work?
0: Well, um, change management itself really is, for me, about helping leaders as individuals as well as organizations go through the process to adopt change. And the complexities that we have today with all of the questions around the future of work really make it a true business need. We must address this problem around managing change and getting adoption around whatever it is that we're asking people to do differently. And the future of work problem that we have right now is, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, and this is my wonderful cat, Joy, um, who is a true sweetheart. And unfortunately, I did not get her put up before I sat down to start talking with you, Shree. Um, but she's very well behaved.
1: She's fucking for um, show.
0: But the future of work itself really is up for grabs right now. Um, What I'm finding is that there are a lot of organizations out there that are deciding to stay remote um, or hybrid. They're letting their employees choose what is best for them and letting people manage it with good performance and strong relationships. And then I'm hearing of other companies that are really wanting to swing the pendulum back to what business was pre-pandemic with lots of expectations about presence, being physically present. Um, You're required to really be on site more than anyone has in the last two years, and everything in between. There are some leaders that are actually asking their people what they want, and they're trying to come up with the right solution. Um, I have had clients in every um, every camp there. Um, I'm currently working with a client that is staying remote. They're letting their people choose, and there are situations where they have to have in-person meetings, and people are showing up for that. Um, I had a client earlier this year that was doing a little bit of both, um, you know, having in-person meetings, letting people choose, but really heading back towards the office um, long-term. I um had a proposal earlier this year that I worked on. It was a really large piece of business um, where I was asked to come in and serve as the overall change management leader for that project. Um, And it's a large pharmaceutical company um, based in the U.S., uh, operates globally, but they are initiating the future of work project that would not only include dealing with real estate issues, new interior design, right-sizing space, and influencing people to come back to the office and all of the change management around that. Um, Now the group, uh, the team that I was working with um on this project it did not end up coming to fruition but it really was a great opportunity to see the amount of work that is in this space and the true need to influence people and embed new behaviors yeah because there's a lot of work there for sure
1: there's the change management i feel gets a lot more complicated <laughs> when you are in a hybrid or a remote environment, because you can't just pull people into a room and communicate that change. You can you can also not just send an email and communicate that change because you're getting hundreds and hundreds of emails on a daily basis. So, in, so change management becomes more complex and, and needs to be more intentional. So what is your approach for organizations that are, you know, introducing new changes or having a change in their organization when the organization itself is mostly remote or or somewhat hybrid and remote?
0: Well, in this situation, let's just say we're doing a future of work project like the one that I was describing a moment ago. Um, You're going to really need to have all of the basic pillars in change management part of your project um, because you're gonna wanna understand what all of the things that people would need to do differently from a behavior perspective. You're going to want to have a clear picture of who might be the best people in your organization to influence others. The people that are going to be your early adopters and innovators, if you will, raring to go so that you can use those people to influence and bring along the rest of the organization. But understanding what those key business impacts are so that you can have mitigating action plans in place in a very robust communication strategy and plan. You're going to want to make sure that you have that visible, committed, senior stakeholder group that's really going to help you as a, as a program manage the transformation and really get to the other side, that guiding coalition, if you will. And along with that, leaders at more levels of the organization, like Change Network, um, Leaders, change agents, if you will, Mm -hmm. in the organization that can actually help you in not only distributing communications, but getting feedback from the organization and getting people to be willing to show up. Um, It's a big deal. People have not, they haven't commuted in two years. I mean, my personal amount of commute time was tremendous when I was in the corporate world and traveling for clients. Um, so I understand there is a lot at stake for people. They have a lot to lose um, when they're being asked to show up again. But those are just some of the pillars there. Business impacts, communications, a committed and engaged stakeholder group. You're going to want to make sure that change network is helping you the entire way. You're also going to want to understand if there is any need for training. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Is there any need to figure out the training side? Are there new systems that are going to be put in place to, um, for instance, allow your people to work more flexibly? Are there hoteling systems that require training? All of that could be part of the solution. And for every project, it's going to be obviously very specific to that situation. Yeah. So,
1: you know, uh, one of the things I think going remote, uh, the challenges is that you know, you can say if somebody would be like, oh, I didn't see that email or I didn't see that. I was busy, I, didn't, I couldn't attend that webinar that you guys had. Um, and that's how the change becomes harder because if you're in the office, you know, you like, if you don't show up, you, I can see you, you didn't show up, you know, for the meeting <laughs> that I had in this conference room. So how do you, what are some of the strategies to mitigate that? Because, you know, when you're remote, you no know, and people are working flex hours too now, so somebody might work sure. from you know six a m or seven a m to noon, then take two or three hours off to spend time with their kid from school or whatever, and then go back at, at, on their desk at six p m or or seven p m sure you know? so there could be any uh, any combination of that right uh, of
0: absolutely of, there could uh, be any combination of that in a situation like this to get people to want to come back in, you have to do some things to. Literally break the ice. Let's 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 try to thaw the chill (laughs) that we currently have in 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 our relationship so that you want to come see me, first of all. There's a lot that you can do to do that. Maybe you have a welcome kit that has some nice things in it that makes someone want to come back and know you as a leader again. There are all kinds of things like that, that you can do to try to make it special to be present again. And we've lost some of those touches Mm -hmm. that I would call personal and important.
1: Yeah. So I guess my question then is, does going fully remote affect the culture then in your opinion?
0: Going fully remote does affect the culture because it you definitely will lose contact with people that you had before. All of those sidebar conversations that you might have leading up to a big meeting where you're presenting something that you need your team to do. There might be a lot of lead up to that where you need people to give you a little bit of time even 15 minutes all of that adds up it's like a relationship bank Mm -hmm. it really is people can give you feedback in the hallway that's highly valuable and could help you even show up better in an in-person meeting
1: yeah yeah so how so pivoting to that a little bit uh in our discussion what um what's a good model that you recommend uh, or is it i'm sure i'm sure it's situational you know every organization is different every industry is different but is there certain guidelines or uh or frameworks that you like to propose
0: yeah i mean i um i don't have a specific um pre-baked framework because this is so unique to the company culture. Um, you know, it's every culture is going to have to handle it differently based on the way, the types of employees that they have, what they do professionally, um, and what their current orientation is with interacting with others and wanting to be in person. Um, you know, that there are some company cultures that are very outgoing and and gregarious, and they are going to be much more naturally um, aligned with being in person. But you might have an academic organization or some kind of STEM organization where they are extremely focused on the projects that they are working on, and they're more prone to doing their own work and working with a few people. And they may not be a very in-person organization. Um, And so I I do not think this is a one-size-fits-all situation. I think this has to be completely custom to the type of employee base what the company does, and what actually fits the way they operate.
1: Yeah, and it's not just at a company level, it's also the department level or the team level. And in some cases, it's at the individual level as well. Um, That's right. And some individuals really want to come to work and be at work. They they, they don't want to be at home because they feel like they can't uh, feel the same way as working from home as working from an office and there are some people who are like why do i want to spend an hour or 45 minutes and commute each way Mm -hmm. and and waste my energy and time doing that um and i can just do most of it at home so i I think it can vary right Uh, but some some people actually resist that on either side right There, there are leaders and managers who want their people to come to work even when it's probably not necessary but for then sure. there are people on who are employees who never want to come to work. They just want to go completely remote, work on a beach in Florida or the Bahamas or wherever they want to be at. So I think there needs to be some kind of a a compromise or a happy medium that needs to be found, I would think.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I know at the end of the day that being in person for some meetings is absolutely critical because... You really can't understand the whole person until you have an opportunity to spend a little bit of time with them, whether it's one meeting, whether it's being able to not only attend a meeting, but enjoy dinner with them and connect with other team members, that kind of opportunity to get to know someone is just unparalleled yeah. um, in, a, in a remote world. I definitely see there's a loss of understanding of who the whole person is. Um, you know, do I think we can stay remote um, and for instance have hybrid meetings as we figure out the future of the pandemic yes i think we can do i think it's important for us to have some opportunities to be in person i do
1: yeah you know at engagedly where uh where you know i am and uh we we have a kind of a mixed bag of things here you know so in the u.s teams uh, we have a quarterly uh, all hands where we meet together here and we mostly just use it to have fun. We really don't use it to do a lot of necessarily work, but it's really to get to know each other, have these sidebar conversations. And a lot of it is about work and sometimes it's about your cat and dogs as well. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, it's it's all of that. Um and then uh on the uh and then we have a big team in India where I would say ninety percent of the team is in one location and then rest ten percent is remote and and they have a hybrid model where the, the people who are in one location choose to come into the office uh, some of them come into the office five days a week some of them come into the office one or two days a week there you go um, and i think it all it all varies you know depending on mm-hmm. what the role is uh, of the different uh, individuals and the teams and what works best you know if you need to sit and collaborate on a, a design work it's much harder to do that over zoom versus on mm-hmm. a whiteboard where you can actually have some real conversations absolutely
0: and so you've really allowed the organization to figure out what's best for them based on the region
1: or the teams or the team yeah yeah i mean we have a lot of content writers who they'll probably get distracted if they come into work you know they write a lot Mm -hmm. of content exactly they do do research um and then there's people who do design and are managing different accounts. you need them in the office somewhat because they need to collaborate with engineers they need to talk to our clients they need to talk to our support team so it's it can really really vary Mm -hmm. uh, based on the team so as we are looking so what are you seeing the challenges right now the organizations what are the good ones doing and actually more importantly what are the ones where are some of the organizations really failing um in managing this change
0: interesting um I think um, people that are setting themselves up to fail are in a situation where they're being very dogmatic um, you know, about the return to the office. I think that is a it's a difficult position to choose, and it's going to be one that would require a lot of follow-up and extensive implementation plans and a lot of change management to help people want to return to the office. Um, In terms of the right solution for it, um, once again, I think it's specific to the organization and the culture of the team. Um, Some of the biggest challenges that I'm hearing from clients right now, um, number one is, is this very topic around the future of work and what to do about it. Um, I'm hearing a lot of clients really want to develop more leaders at more levels in their organization based on the experience that they had with the pandemic. They really saw the value of having more of those leadership behaviors all the way throughout their organization. Um, And then finally, I'm hearing a lot of senior leaders talk about literally achieving business results um being their sole focus uh, right now trying to get all of the numbers where they want them to be so that their team is performing at a very high level
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so does the 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 traditional approaches like the carter's model for example in change management still apply or do you think we need to make make some adjustments to that?
0: Well, like honestly, across all of the change management methods that have been developed, um, it's really, honestly, the deck chairs have simply been moved around a little bit um, and they may have some different words at play, um, but many of the basic principles are the same Um, in terms of, do I think that The methods or the recommended best practices need to change. I don't necessarily believe that the approaches need to change. I just think that people have to make sure that they have the time and the resource available to do this strategic work so that their people end up being more engaged in their business. Because when employees are engaged, there's tremendous research um, that your business results are going to be better. You're going to have higher profits. You're going to have lower turnover. You're going to have people that are actually happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And they may even have better well-being going on in the organization. Um, but employee engagement is one of those things that really does impact business results.
1: Yeah. Generally
0: speaking, your your customers are more satisfied as well.
1: Yeah, and some there are some uh, theories out there, and some of them, maybe data as well, that being fully remote can affect negatively the employee engagement. Um, especially yeah. well-being, especially if you're not interacting with coworkers, because some of them are become become your friends, and now you don't have that anymore. Um, do you have a point of view on that?
0: Well, um, I think that for me personally, um, it means that I need to create other opportunities for connection, which I do. Um, so that I'm connecting with friends. Um, maybe I meet other people through different venues in life, be it my small group with my church. You know, I'm seeing people and I'm active. Maybe I go to an exercise class. You know, I'm making sure that there are interactions in life that matter and conversations that make a difference for each person um that for me can make up for not being in an office yeah yeah I definitely see the value of being in an office and having those um connections but at this point in my career I've definitely found a way to connect with other people in other ways
1: Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, This has been a very insightful uh, conversation, Sarah. What, um, what final piece of advice would you give to organizations that are still struggling with, you know, whether they should go hybrid or full in the office or fully virtual and how do I manage that change? Any two or three things as as key takeaways?
0: Key takeaways I would say is make sure that you have a solid change management strategy and plan to support, Whatever your choice is in staying remote, going hybrid, or returning to the office, make sure that that change management strategy is resourced as well, that you have support to actually implement the plan. Um, Some of the things that I would encourage you to have in that plan are going to be active stakeholder engagement a change network that can help you on the ground distribute communications and get feedback from people. Make sure you do a solid change readiness assessment so that you understand where people might resist you, what kinds of communication they would like to get, and just more insight into the pitfalls that you might find in implementing your plan. And finally, a solid communication strategy to help you throughout the process. This is not um, an easy project and you'll definitely want some expert support to help you.
1: Well, thanks a lot, Sarah. Um, with this last thing, how do people uh, reach you and if they wanna get in touch with you and, uh, know, and know and learn more about you?
0: Absolutely. The listeners can find me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash N-I-N slash Sarah, S-A-R-A dash Sheehan, S-H-E-E-H-A-N. And they can find my website at Sarah S-A-R-A, W, Sheehan, S-H-E-E dot com. i would love to hear from you
1: well thanks a lot sarah it was wonderful chatting with you
0: thank you so much i had a great uh, time with our conversation and i wish you and your listeners well
1: until next time this is the people strategy leaders podcast Sri chalapa here thank you so much for listening to the people strategy leaders podcast If you are a successful leader or a people strategist who would like to be on this program, please visit engagedly.com slash people strategy leaders podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? If you know someone that would be a great guest, Tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag PeopleStrategyLeaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter.